It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the week of the game. Ohio State 37, Minnesota 3 just served as a turned page as we get to Ann Arbor, the road to Ann Arbor, next week, Saturday at noon against Michigan. Of course, we're going to talk about that a little bit. But this, fellas, was 37 to 3. This was 104,000 people watching Senior Day, watching Marvin Harrison Jr. for the final time in the Horseshoe, watching these Buckeyes close out another season of the Horseshoe. Uh, again, thir- with a 37 to 3 win over Minnesota. That's Tim May, the 40 year vet. That's Andy Baxter, and I'm Spencer Holbrook. Everything that we talk about has to be geared toward what does it mean for next week. But, Tim, first takeaway from Ohio State 37, Minnesota 3. First takeaway was PJ Fleck brought uh, Minnesota in here. They're trailing 13 to nothing at the half. And even though they hadn't done, almost said a bad word. Squat. Even though they hadn't done, yeah, I can say squat. You can say squat. Even though they hadn't done squat offensively in that first half, they were still in the ball game, right? Yeah. A minute and seven seconds into the second half, Travion Henderson had gone 75 yards for a touchdown. And then uh, Jack Sawyer had knocked the ball loose that JT Tui Molowau picked up and returned. And Ohio State gets another touchdown from its offense. I have that correct, right? Yep. And suddenly, that's how my voice even inflected there. Yep. Suddenly, it's 27 to nothing. Game over. Then you could really start kind of feeling everybody sort of looking forward to next week and whatever that's going to mean because, you know, just from a football stance, it's two versus three in the college football playoffs. It's going to be a hell of a matchup no matter what else is going on off the field, and there's a lot going on off the field. Yeah, Ryan Day said they wanted to win the first five minutes of the second half. Well, in the first minute of the second half, they basically won the game. Just as Tim said, 14 points right there. I thought this was a good performance by Ohio State. You know, obviously not the first half you would want, but I thought that the second half, the way they started it, the way that this defense continued to play, again, we were joking, it's just two of the best kickers, not only the Big Ten, but the entire country, to nail away uh, what could have been two shutouts. And instead, you have three points from Michigan State and three points from Minnesota. But I thought there were so many players that played well on defense, aside from Jack Sawyer, who had a great night, maybe the best night of his career. Yeah. I thought that Davis Dickinson continued to look really good. He's been coming on late. Uh, I thought Ty Hamilton stepped up for Mike Hall Jr., who didn't play today. I thought Cody Simon looked good. Again, replacing Tommy Eigenberg, who they sat out just precautionary reasons for tonight. So there's a lot of defensive players that I thought stepped up today. Yeah, um, for those who didn't listen to Ryan Day's press conference, go to LettermanRow.com or YouTube.com slash LettermanRow. Go check out Ryan Day's press conference. We've got it live streamed there. Uh, Tommy Eckenberg did not play, but he wanted to play, and he probably could have played if Ryan Day didn't fist fight him. No, I'm kidding. But Ryan Day did say there was almost a fist fight because he wanted to play so badly. Yeah. And La- yeah. And so Ryan Day wins the fist fight over Last Tommy Eckenberg. Last game, of course he wanted to play. Ryan Day plus 2,000. 
pulls off a stunner, wins the fist fight over Tommy Eckenberg, and Tommy Eckenberg sits out. Mike Hall, meanwhile, Ryan Day, didn't answer something. He said, uh, we'll have a, an update for you later in the week. He said, but we expect to have everybody back. So I would, I take that as Mike Hall's good to go. Letterman Row sources told, uh, you know, have indicated to me, I'm sure yeah. they've indicated to you, Alex Lightman from Letterman Row, doing some good reporting, that, that Mike Hall should be back next week. Yeah. So it's going to be all hands on deck. And I'm glad that you brought up the guys who contributed there because it really seems like right now the defensive depth is at a point where, and I shudder to say this, but I think the defensive depth is the best that's been since 2016. I think it's better de depth than it was in 2019. When Sean Wade goes out, you have to bring Amir Reap in. You're not comfortable with that yeah. in the Clemson game. This depth here on this field tonight for defense, it, it's the deepest defense at Ohio State in a while. I 2016 in that group because I just keep remembering the uh, college football playoff game. <laughs> Well, but I'm talking, you know, the regular yeah. season there, that was a good defense. Yeah, that was a good defense. And it was pretty 2019 deep. 2019 was a pretty, pretty damn good defense, too. But I don't but know. They, but you're right. I mean, they've got depth. They've, they've brought depth up. I mean, Cody Simon's rise, he was just, you know, uh, Tommy Tommy Eichenberg's problem was Cody Simon's blessing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because everybody can see how well this guy is playing. But Jack Sawyer, if you're, even if you're not paying attention, you're just picking up radio waves from outer space, the last half of this season, he has been a different player. Yes. Do you agree, Anders? I think he's been good all year, honestly, but you're right. In the, the back half of the season, he's been really, really good. Yeah. And I think that this is the game that's going to catch everyone's attention because he has three and a half tackles for loss. He has the forced fumble. It leads to a JT Tuimolo recovery. But I think he's been good all year. And this is just the game where people are like, well, then Jack Sawyer did something. Well, he's been doing stuff, folks. And I think that he's such an advantage for this defense to have because opposite him, Hey, JT has been playing pretty well, too. This whole defense is playing really well, and I guess we can shift over. Oh, last thing I want to mention, though, before we skip over the offense, Jordan Hancock. Oh, yeah. He maybe wanted two touchdowns Man. today. Man. Because if he had just laid a block for JT, right. they could have had a touchdown there. Well, I asked him, was he asking for JT to lateral him the ball, <laughs> but he outran him, so yeah. it would have been an illegal forward But that pass. interception was but great, too. He could have had three games in a row. I mean, it was that close to pick sixes, because last week, yeah. you know, he had one right in his hands, and it, and it didn't happen and stuff. But no, you're exactly right. These guys are rising. Real quick before you move on from Jack Sawyer. I mean, a sack, strip sack, uh, that JT Tuomalo picks up and runs runs down. But I'm, I asked him, you heard me ask him, I said, what was your favorite play? And I said, was it when you dropped back into the zone there and then just waylaid that guy in the flat? I mean, defensive linemen dream, even ends dream of those kind of plays, you know? And, and he said, yeah, that was pretty high up there, you know, and stuff. So he had enough great plays tonight to kind of you know, have, have to pick and choose what was his favorite, which is a big, big moment for Jack Sawyer. Let's switch over to the offense because it wasn't great. Uh, we can all agree on that. But they scored 20 points in the red zone. They went to the red zone four times. They scored 20 points, two touchdowns, two field goals. Not what you want, no. but that's okay because against a Minnesota team that only scored three points and you were moving the ball really well on them and you made it look easy on the first drive, they could have played the first drive, scored the touchdown, and the offense could have been done because all they needed was four. And they got... 37. So I don't think this was a terrible performance. It wasn't exactly the performance you wanted, I'm sure, because of what you saw against Michigan State last week. But uh, I said before coming into the game, Minnesota wasn't going to quit because it's a P.J. Fleck team. That's just not what they do. And so you got a good effort from Minnesota, and you still managed to score 37 on them. I think that's yeah. – you can, you can kind of hang your hat on that notion without being too angry at the offense, but still leave this building tonight wanting more, Andy. Plus side, you get three Jaden Fielding field goals, which I think matter because you're going to play a very low scoring game, at least in my opinion. 
against Michigan next week. You have two of the top scoring defenses in the country. You might need a field goal. So it's good to have him see three go through, including a 47-yarder, his long on the season. Yeah. The downside of it is this was not a very good Minnesota defense in, in the red zone. They were giving up 70% touchdowns on teams that made it to the red zone. Ohio State was below that mark. It was doing very well in the red zone the last couple of weeks. And it looked like the plays, you know, where they weren't connecting, it wasn't because the Minnesota defense was playing well. It was because there was miscommunications with Kyle McCord or he, yeah. he was missing a throw here and there. And he was so great otherwise today. Like, I felt like he made a lot of good throws. But when it came to the red area, he missed Julian Fleming on one. He airmailed uh, Mecca Buka because he thought he was going out. He came back in right. towards they were, the post. They weren't on the same. They weren't on the same page. Oh, no, I, I, yeah. I asked him about that. You know, and he kind of like short shrifted that. But it, clearly they weren't. They weren't sharp like they were last week. And, and this, like you said, this this wasn't a great Minnesota defense. Maybe it was, maybe it was great and cunning at the right times. You know what I mean yeah. to keep the score down. But uh, yeah, the opportunities were there for this just to be a whitewash. And uh, that's what stood out to me is you kind of wanted. I would think if you're the offensive coaches, you wanted to come out of this thinking, boy, things really clicked tonight. Mm -hmm. And they sort of did and they sort of didn't. And that's why you end up with 37 instead of like 52 to 10, which was my pick. <laughs> well, if they score a touchdown. They were never going to score a touchdown, though, so that was a bad pick. I'm talking about uh, Minnesota. Yeah, if I can real quick. Um, Ohio State did not allow Michigan State inside the 34-yard line and then did not allow Minnesota inside the 25-yard line. This defense right now, unreal. And I'm not here to excuse anything, but like I watched the noon game on Fox from in College Park, Maryland, and then I watched this game, and it kind of looked like two teams that did they did their homework I on the it, I call they, it periscope up. They did their opponent. They did their homework on the opponent. But they also had, yeah, maybe that little telescope, that little uh, periscope, periscope on ahead, one eye up north on Ann Arbor. So yeah. I'm not going to excuse the lack of t attention to detail, but you can. Defensively, they play. Yeah. 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 So lights out. We all watched uh, earlier. We all watched uh, tonight. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there, and we don't have to go too long here. We're not doing picks tonight. Tim, no. Is Ohio State ready? <laughs> yeah, After Ohio, watching them tonight, yeah, is Ohio, no, Ohio State ready? Ohio State's ready. I mean, you know, with a first-year starting quarterback, you're always going to have moments like we saw tonight, but you're also going to have great moments like you saw tonight. Yeah, Cage Stover, just the third uh, Ohio State tight end to have over 1,000 yards receiving. He gets that touchdown at the end. Of, at in the his end, career. In his career, yeah. yes. And uh, he gets that touchdown, you know, to cap off his final game in Ohio State. I thought that was cool as hell because mm -hmm. uh, he was kind of out of the game at that point, but he went back in, you know. Uh, but uh, the thing that stood out tonight and today – was watching Michigan and watching Ohio State, any, Michigan is vulnerable. And defensively, they did not shut Maryland down. No. Maryland had a chance for some other points and didn't get them. It kind of changes, I think, everybody's view of this game coming up. I'm saying that because last year, Illinois kicked a, uh, Michigan kicked a field goal in the last play of the game to beat Illinois the week before he played Ohio State. And then Ohio State's leading at the end of the first half and then boom, you know, mm -hmm. they get they get beat. We all saw what happened. So this idea that Michigan is head and shoulders above Ohio State, like some people have kind of tried to put forth, especially in the national media, is inaccurate, is all I'm saying. I think Ohio State is has a really great shot uh, Saturday. You watch tonight, are they ready? I think so, yeah. I mean, as, as Tim said, like, the offense with a starting quarterback that is in his first year, you're going to have those moments. But I felt like for the most part, Kyle McCord has really been taking the right steps that would give you confidence that they're ready. And then this defense, 
shows up to win games, not just to hang around or keep the offense in it. They're making plays that are changing games. They've been doing it since week one against Indiana. Yeah. I think that they just set the tone really from that game on against Indiana. They came out, they didn't think they'd see the option, they adjusted. And that's been a theme all season. They've just adjusted, adjusted, adjusted every single time. I think when you have a defense like that, it lets the offense play a little bit freer. And I think that even if there have been times, it's been up and down the last couple of weeks for Ohio State's offense, it's still been a positive trend, and that's the way you want to go into this game. Uh, I will answer the question as well. I think Ohio State is ready. I think they they have a clear vision of what they want to do. They're starting to run the ball better, and I think that that's going to travel. I know Michigan's front's really good, but Ohio State is getting the ball to Trayvon Henderson quickly in the run game and letting him do his thing. They don't have to have great blocking because he's doing his thing, but they're getting enough blocks for him to do his thing. And then that is going to help the passing game. I think Michigan may struggle a little bit with these Ohio State wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. How do you defend him with an explosive Emeka Ibuka? How do you defend these guys? Because Emeka looked like Emeka today. Yes. And that is that is absolutely maybe the biggest development of the entire night is that Emeka Ibuka um, is back, folks, because that it looked just different. It looked like last year. It looked like what Jackson did in 2021. So, like, that little skinny post he ran and was moving. Of course, he got popped at the end of it, you know, but he got up. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I mean – all weapons are on board, it looks like. And I know that J.J. McCarthy didn't have to throw the ball against Penn State for them to win that game. But they also didn't really trust him in moments to throw the ball to win that game. And he didn't look great again today. And, I've, you know, there's rumblings that there could be some sort of issue going on with him. Uh, or, you know, as Tim has some signs that I'm going to try to steal there, uh, there there's, could be an issue with him. But I'm starting to get to the point where I think the quarterback – decision in this game might be a little more level than people think uh, you know six weeks ago people thought it was head and shoulders McCarthy over McCord I think it's becoming more level I think you know it, it's something that to monitor uh going into the next week but you never know CJ never know yeah CJ Stroud was playing great last year Absolutely. JJ McCarthy they weren't letting him throw the ball down the field uh, yep, then yep. all of a sudden against Ohio State he did yeah uh very last thing before we get out of here you watch tonight I'll go to Andy first this time you watch tonight Andy what's the one thing that concerns you uh, as we head into Michigan week yeah, I think it's the red zone offense. Uh, I think that it's been a problem most of this year. It was better the last couple of weeks. It was a problem again tonight. If you're going to reach the red zone against Michigan, you might not get five trips like you did tonight in the red zone. You might get two, three. You got to score touchdowns. You can't be kicking field goals. And I think that's my biggest concern going into this week is can they be effective and efficient? And can Kyle McCord make those throws that he's made everywhere else on the field in the red zone against Michigan? Yeah. What's what, your... bothered, what bothered me tonight was uh, how Marvin Harrison Jr. was almost an afterthought. This is a guy that has a, and we still think is a viable option uh, in the Heisman Trophy race, but he was almost an afterthought to the, to the game plan, it looked like to me. And I can understand that. But uh, uh, as, some, as some real loud guys come walking by. No, that was Kellyanne. Yeah, that's right. That was Kellyanne. But, uh, but the bottom line is uh, uh, Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't care what kind of defense Michigan throws out there next week. Yeah. He's got to be involved. I mean, uh, that's that's my take on it. I am the most concerned about, uh, and it didn't even have anything to do with tonight because I thought they were better against it tonight, but the run defense. Um, you know, uh, Rutgers got him a little bit. Uh, Michigan State got him in the first half a little bit. you got to be able to stop the run. And Michigan's gonna, it, there's going to be times where Michigan's going to go heavy. I thought Minnesota would show that tonight. I thought it would be a good preview for it. Minnesota really didn't do that. They don't have any running back. They ran out no, of running No, no, but but they've got they've got the beef, Tim. Is well, what yeah, I'm but saying. They, like, but they don't have the running backs right now. They can send seven 300-pound 
men onto the field and try to run the ball on you because of what Minnesota can do. Michigan's going to do it next week. I thought we'd see it against Minnesota, and then I'd have a good gauge of where Ohio State is when it sees the beef come rolling on the field. Didn't see it tonight. So I'm still a little – I'm not really nervous about it. I'm more curious. How does Ohio State handle that? Who's on the field? What situations are what? Uh, Speaking of beef, Stover Farms, man. Get your beef. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, last thing for me, Keenan Bailey walked into the stadium, uh, had a Stover Farms sweatshirt on to honor his senior tight end, Kate Stover. I thought that was just an awesome moment. Absolutely. A lot of really cool moments in this building tonight, especially, you know, I asked Kyle McCord about Kate Stover's final touchdown. He did give a little sentimental there. You know, it's his final play in the horseshoe, and to be on the throwing end of that, uh, he thought it was pretty special. Might have something at lettermanrow.com about that uh, coming forward. Closing thought, Tim. Uh, it's a whole new season. I mean, yep. it's really funny how hard this team has played this year. We've talked about it, how physical they've played. As I said on the radio this morning in the pregame show, uh, nice seven one. the fan is the bottom. People needed to pay more attention to what Ryan Day said than how he said it after that Notre Dame game. Because this team has been playing physical and hard, especially defensively all year. The offensive line has come around except for whatever that was at the end of the first half. Yeah. Uh, it's like everybody forgot their assignments, you know, yeah. on, on the offense. like they forgot how to play football. Yeah, it was crazy. But uh, the thought is, it's a, it is, it is to me, it's still stunning how it has come down to two juggernauts undefeated playing once again for the Big Ten East title. Remember, the only thing up for grabs next week is the Big Ten East title, but it means so much for what this team wants to get to. Closing thought. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's not much more to say. Like. We that got, guy covered Boston College the last minute. <laughs> no, no. I mean, this is what we wanted, Holy right? Cross. 11-0 versus 11-0. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been just a weird result if one of these teams had lost today. Uh, I think that Michigan pulling it out, Tim's right. It's like last year at Illinois. I didn't even think about that. But And, you know, last year the team to give Ohio State a challenge was, was Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so many weird things. Obviously, Ohio State didn't really have a, a test tonight against Minnesota, but they stayed healthy. and Maybe that was the biggest test today, and they passed it, and now we get – at least as close to full strength as possible for the game next week. And I think we're all just super excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast covering this week with you guys. Uh, doing it once again, 11-0 versus 11-0, the second time uh, three of us will get to do that together. Since Andy joined us last November, Tim, he's been around to block a few different times. I know that. I know that. He Tim, knew what I was referring to. <laughs> Tim's been around here. I, I never gauged his. Boy, what, what was it like that first Michigan-Ohio State game? Oof. It was different, wasn't it? It was different. I seen all the M's crossed out. That, that week leading up was really cool. There's so much things like yeah. in that game. It's just we'll talk about it as the week oh, goes yeah. on. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yes, we will. We're going to be back in this building on Monday morning for the Monday after Ohio State 37, Minnesota three. Now, you know what time it is. It's on. It's on to the game. You can see the smile on my face. I can't wait to get up there to uh, the Ann Arbor area. Get to Ann Arbor on Saturday. Cover the game. Okay. Here's the deal. Tuesday, Ryan Day press conference. We're going to get some players in there. Then we're going to have a practice report. We're going to film bold predictions sometime in there. We'll have those on Friday. Uh, might have some stuff on YouTube in the couple days, uh, you know, between then. Uh, but, you know, with the Thanksgiving, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving week. My Make Tim sure May show is going to be coming Tim on. Tim May My show. Urban's Take is going to be coming on. Urban's Take with Tim May, uh, John U. Bacon from Michigan. John U. Bacon. Have and, a, uh, yeah, I'm going to have uh, Matt Wilhelm. And I'm. Uh, who else am I going to have? I'm going to have somebody else. Oh, uh, possibly, probably Paul Feinbaum. It's a big week at Letterman Row, if you don't know that. And you can go to LettermanRow.com, get all that coverage you want for $1 for your first month. That gets you all the way up now through National Signing Day. It's going to be an awesome time at LettermanRow.com. Matt Parker and Alex Kleitman on the recruiting side. Andy Backstrom on team coverage. Tim made the 40-year vet on team coverage. And me, Spencer Holbrook. We're going to be back in here on Monday, like I said, for the Monday after Ohio State 37, Minnesota 3. Then on to the week of coverage for the game. We'll see you guys in here on Monday. See you up in Ann Arbor next Saturday, and we'll see you at lettermanrow.com.